so exciting for me that you're willing to take the time out of your day to uh, spend with me here as we take a look at something that I think is fairly interesting. Uh, the things that Jesus said that make you go, huh? What? What did he just say? What does that mean? So Jesus had a lot of things to say, and some of them were very difficult uh, for the listener to hear or for for us today to read. And so we ask, what did Jesus mean by that? So today, things that make you go, huh? So that's what we'll be talking about today. Okay, so let's start out with Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Then come follow me. So the question is, is Jesus saying that we have to abandon everything we own to be a Christian? That we have to sell everything that we have and give it to the poor before we can follow Jesus? Is that what Jesus is saying? Uh, There's a lot of these things that we're going to go through that Jesus says that we say, well, that... That doesn't sound like something that really interests me. Uh, one of the studies that we do is, if you were to start a new religion, what would you do? How would you start it? Uh, first off, you wouldn't start it by saying that this person who is the founder of your religion was born under scandal by a, you know, a, a teenage mom and a, a father of no, no significant consequence and you know, born in a barn uh, or a cave. And then you wouldn't, <laughs> your founder wouldn't say these things. You know, uh, if you want to follow me, go and sell everything, give that money to the poor, and then you can come follow me. That's not a, uh, that's not something that people are going to be excited about. They're not going to hear that and go, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Uh, so when Jesus says this, is that what he's saying to us? That we need to go and sell everything we have, uh, and give the money to the poor, and then we can go and follow Jesus. Well, I would say no. I would say there are a lot of things that Jesus is going to say that we're going to go through today, things that Jesus said that I think we should say, okay, let's take this back a step. Let's take this down a step. What would Jesus say if we took this down a step? I think what Jesus would say that if you're going to follow me, generosity has to be part of your life. Generosity has to be part of your life. And so for the life of a disciple, generosity is a part of it. You don't have to give everything that you have. Uh, I think Jesus was talking to somebody very specific who was in love with what that person had. But I think Jesus says to us that if you want to follow me, if you want to be my follower here, generosity is going to be part of your life. Generosity is going to be part of your life. Plenty of times in the Bible, it talks about the tithe, which is giving 10%, which means you get to keep 90%. I would say that's a really good model for what it means to be generous, the type of generosity that God calls us. God does not call us to give 100% of everything we have uh, before we can follow, right? That's not, that's not part of what Jesus' plan is, uh, but, uh, but generosity is. And so number one, I would say generosity is a part of the life of the disciple. So in what ways are we generous and what ways can we be more generous? And there are things that we can always look for uh, as disciples, as followers of Jesus. Um, would love to hear any of your thoughts on that. Uh, in the comment section, please let me know what you're thinking. Okay, we'll go to number two. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
If your right eye causes you to sin. Okay, same thing. Is Jesus being literal here? Do we need to start tearing out our eyes? Is it better for us to go to hell without any eyes? Uh, so you know, the, the question is, does, do, does God forgive us if we don't tear them out, right? Well, yes. I mean, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And so we still have forgiveness. But I think if we take this down a step, if we take this back a step, what is Jesus saying? If you have things in your life, if you have relationships in your life, if you have people in your life, whatever, if you have something in your life that causes you to sin, something that you can get rid of, get rid of it. Get rid of anything in your life that causes you to sin. If you have friends that you've had forever and whenever you're around them, you know, they just bring something out in you that nobody else does. Well, you know, maybe it's time to get new friends. If you have a... a if you're addicted to something that causes you to sin, if alcohol causes you to sin, maybe it's time to stop drinking. If if you play golf and golf makes you really angry and causes you to sin, maybe it's time to stop playing golf, right? Whatever it is in your life that causes you to sin, let it go. And maybe you can re, re uh, bring it back into your life at some point, uh, but go through the process of saying, I'm not going to let this thing cause me to sin, I'm not going to let this thing cause me to sin. So um, I think, you know, sometimes we hear these things and we just want to explain them away, but I don't think that's the right answer. I say, well, let's, let's take it back a step and see what can we, what can we learn from it? What can we learn from it and how can it help us today as opposed to just saying, well, Jesus really didn't mean that. Well, I think Jesus did mean a lot of these things, but I think he spoke in hyperbole sometime where he's going to make a statement. And if we look back a step or two, we can find where, where it works for us. So. Okay, on to the next one. The next one's really interesting. The next one is one that very few people uh, know about. The next one is, it's in the Gospels, and it's one that we just pretend isn't there. Luke 12, verse 51, Jesus said, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. What about the Prince of Peace? This this doesn't sound like the Jesus that we know who, you know, on, on Christmas we say, peace on earth, right? This is all about Jesus came to give us peace. What is Jesus talking about? That Jesus is going to give us division. Okay, let's take it back a step. Let's take it down a step. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that if you follow me, people are going to disagree with you. People aren't going to like you. People are going to think you're wrong. People are going to think you're wrong because you believe in me. People are going to think you're wrong because you follow me. Even in your own family, people are going to think you're wrong. They're going to tell you you're crazy. But guess what? Follow me still. Follow me still because I am coming uh, to, to make disciples. I am coming to usher in a new kingdom. And it is going to make some people upset. It is going to make some people angry because it's going to mean changes for them. And they're going to do everything they can to hold on to their power. They're going to do everything they can to hold on to their place and privilege and all that stuff. But guess what? I'm coming to usher it to do a new thing, a new incredible thing. And that's really going to rub some people the wrong way. And oh, well, don't go back. Don't stop following me because of it. It's going to happen, but follow me still. Follow me still. If we read through Acts, the, the early disciples, they, their lives were so difficult. And for Paul, it was difficulty and hardship is going to be a part of following Jesus. The way of Christian living leads to difficulties, but persevere. 
because perseverance produces character and character produces hope, as Paul writes in Romans. So uh, did I come to bring peace? No. Well, yes, I did. But you don't want to see how the sausage is going to be made, right? You don't want to see what it's going to take to make peace on earth. There's going to be divisions and the divisions are going to be caused because people follow me. People do what I say. People listen to me and other people aren't going to like it. So uh, one of those texts that says, well, what does that mean? I don't, I don't really know what that means. I, I'd rather pretend that's not there, but it is. It is there and it's something that I think is important that we hear. Okay, number four, the fourth verse, Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. To take up one's cross literally means to give up one's life, right? Because the cross was a means of execution. Take up your cross. Follow me. You must be willing to die to follow me. If you want to be my follower, you have to be willing to die for me. Whoa, that's kind of, that's a big statement. That's a bold statement. So are we willing to die for our faith? Are we willing to die for Jesus? Uh, I think we should be. I think we should. You know, who knows when, if we'll ever be put in that situation. Hopefully not. Uh, we live in a country today where we don't seem to be persecuted in ways that they are used to be around the world. Christians still are persecuted around the world today. But so let's take this back a second, though. Let's take this back a step. What would it? What would it sound like if we take this back a step? Well, if you want to be my follower, deny yourselves. Deny yourself. Sacrifice some of the things that you like for my sake. Sacrifice some of your passions. Sacrifice. Uh, be willing to sacrifice to follow me. The life of a disciple costs something. It costs something. It is uh, to to be a person of faith means at some point we are going to have to say, because of my faith, I'm not going to do that, or because of my faith, I'm not going to buy that, or because of my faith, I'm not going to fill in the blank. Because of my faith, I am going to take make an unpopular opinion. Because of my faith, it is going to cost me something. It is going to cost me something. Jesus says, be willing to give your life. But he also says, be generous. Be willing to share. Be willing to help. Be willing to love your enemy. Be, be willing to do all kinds of things that make us uncomfortable. So if you want to be my follower, deny yourself. Deny yourself the comfort that you're used to. Deny yourself all the things of this life. Um, so, okay, we'll go on to Number five, the fifth verse, Jesus said, "If anyone, Luke 6, 29, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer them the other also. Offer them the other also. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Luke 6, 29. So is Jesus saying that if we are attacked, we can't defend ourselves? If we're attacked, we can't defend ourselves? What do we do then? What do we do? We offer the other cheek. Now, I've heard people talk around this a hundred different ways. I've heard people say, well, if so, back in that time, if somebody hits you with their right hand, then nobody would hit you with your left hand. And so if you turn the other cheek, it means that they, they couldn't hit you again and all this stuff. I mean, we can, we can talk in circles about how Jesus didn't really say what he said. But I think if you look at when Jesus was on trial in front of Pilate and when Jesus was talking to Herod, he was an incredible example of what it means to turn the other cheek, to not defend himself, to use nonviolent, uh, nonviolent protest. Right? This is uh, Martin Luther King. We're we're going to protest. And we're going to do it nonviolently. We are going to be like Jesus. 
like Gandhi, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to protest, but we're not going to be violent. Jesus says, do not be violent. If someone attacks you, offer them the other cheek as well, because we're to love our enemies. And so that's really difficult. So let's take this back a step. Again, this is Luke 6, 29. Let's take this back a step. If someone strikes you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. Well, I haven't been slapped in a long time, but let's say this. There is a lot of verbal abuse going around. There's a lot of verbal attacks going around right now. A lot of verbal stuff that hurts people. And and what we end up doing is getting into verbal our conflicts, right? We go back and forth. Someone attacks us, we go back at them. And all of a sudden, we're not talking about the thing anymore. We're talking about something else. Uh, but if anyone, let's say this, let's say Jesus says this. If anyone disagrees with you on Facebook, turn the other cheek. If anyone disagrees with what you have to say, if anyone doesn't like your opinion, turn the other cheek, let it go. We do not have to re-engage. We do not have to We don't have to start a big conflict. We don't have to start a big disagreement. We can let it go. We can let it go. If Jesus were alive in this Facebook, Jesus is alive. If Jesus were here in this Facebook world, I think Jesus would say, if you see somebody disagreeing with you, just let it go. Just let it go. There's, There's really no need. There's really no need. So minds aren't changed on Facebook. They're just not. I mean, I would love to see one example of someone who said, you know, I really thought something and then someone else made it. And, and now I really think that because of Facebook. No, it's, I mean, it's just not there. Okay, let's take a look at the sixth verse for today. Jesus said, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Matthew 15, verse 26. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. So this is a Samaritan woman who comes to Jesus asking for Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now, I've heard people say, Jesus didn't really mean dogs. He meant like cute little puppies, right? He was talking about cute little puppies. He wasn't trying to be mean. Yes, he was. Jesus was mean. Jesus was a jerk. This is a mean thing to say. This is a mean thing to say to somebody. Basically saying, you're a Samaritan. You're a dog. You're not on the same level as Jewish people. And so it's not fair for me to to give. I came to give this thing to Jewish people, and it's not fair to give it to the dogs. So I'm going to give it to them first. So does that mean there's people who are unworthy? There's people who are unworthy of God's love, unworthy of Jesus's forgiveness? This is one that I think Jesus regrets saying. I would hope Jesus regrets that this made it into the scriptures, because this is Jesus being just mean. Jesus being mean. You could say this is Jesus being racist, Calling a woman a dog because she was a Samaritan, a different race, a different people. This is Jesus. But she says, uh, even the dogs eat the crumbs under the master's table. And Jesus said, oh, wow, that is real faith. Woman, you have real faith. Your faith has made your daughter well. Go, she's fine. Uh, and I think in that moment, Jesus changed. There was a change. There, Jesus realized that, I don't know, we could say Jesus was testing her. We could say whatever we want to say, right, to rationalize why he said what he said. But I do think that her response, her response, her showing of faith made Jesus say, wow, that is real, real faith. Uh, Your faith has made your daughter well. Uh, And so we see Jesus, we see Jesus changing his mind. We see Jesus, uh, you know, having not been there and not knowing the whole backstory. uh, But it's an interesting text. It's an interesting text where this woman's faith uh, helps her to overcome 
the insult. Now, for me, if someone insults me, I would be like, what do you mean to throw it to the dogs? You're a jerk. You, you know, I'm not a dog. You're a dir- uh, You're a dog. You know, just whatever. I don't know how you would, whatever, but uh, interesting. Okay, uh, we will go to the last verse for today. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes through the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, which sounds terribly exclusive, right? That there's only one way to heaven, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus. So we ask, well, what about everyone who was born before Jesus? What about is everybody born after Jesus who never knew Jesus? Is everyone bound for hell? So the question, I mean, it leads to a lot of questions, right? Now, I've, I've we've done podcasts in the past. I've done these videos in the past where we talk about how people are, you know, heaven and hell and who gets into where and that kind of stuff. Uh, but just to kind of summarize there, just because Jesus is the way doesn't mean that um, people have to believe in him to get into heaven, right? If Jesus is the way, Jesus can provide a way for anybody. If It's up to Jesus is what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm saying that it's up to Jesus. If Jesus wants to provide, be the way for someone else, Jesus can be the way forever for whoever he wants. Uh, I believe it's John 8 tells us about, Jesus talks about how at, he's going to go to the cell, the souls who are in prison and he is going to save them based on whether they were good or whether they were not. Matthew 25, the judgment of the nations, Jesus talks about setting people aside, the sheep and the goats, and he's going to separate them based on whether they were good or whether they were not, whether they were nice or whether they were evil. Jesus can be the only way and Jesus can make that way available to anybody Jesus wants to. Uh, and so we hear that and we think, if Jesus is the way, then surely you have to believe that in Jesus so that you have a way to heaven. Well, well, we would say that, well, we think that, you know, believing in Jesus is really important and it's our way of being confident of our place in eternity. And everyone who isn't, we leave to the mercy of God and know that Jesus can make a way for anybody Jesus wants to. So we will just stop there. So we won't, we won't say people are definitely out. We won't say people are definitely in. We will say that we have hope that we are in because we believe in Jesus. Uh, and we believe that God is a God of grace and a God of love and can provide a way for whoever God wants to provide a way for. So we will stop there for today. Okay, we will call it a day and we will close with a word of prayer. Uh, good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of scripture and for the many ways that it has comforted us and brought us to a deeper faith. Uh, please let us know that you are with us and help us to make sense of what it means to follow you in this time and in this place. We thank you for all your many blessings uh, and pray that as we go through our days that we would know that you are with us, that we would find peace uh, in our faith, knowing that uh, you have prepared and promised good things for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone have a great day. Uh, So good to be with you today, and I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.